Hey legends, welcome to another week of the Virtus Performance Podcast. First of all, I want to thank you all for being beautiful people uh, and spending a little bit of time of your day at this busy time of year listening to me talk rubbish. Fortunately, I'm only going to be talking rubbish for the next 90 seconds or so, and then we'll get the wonderful guest for today introduced uh, and into your ears so you don't have to listen to me, which is a big win. Before we get stuck in, though, uh, I'd like to thank all of you guys for listening. Um, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please, please, please write a review. Um, take a few minutes out of your day. I really want to spend the next kind of 6, 12 months growing this thing and growing the uh, amount of people listening. Um, it's been pretty hectic to see how many people have listened over the last year and a half, um, but I think the conversations we're having and the the way we're we're bringing a lot of these topics uh, into into front into the front of our vision um, is truly going to help us make the world a better place, which you know is kind of the whole whole idea of this thing. It's a it's a chance to have a conversation and to um and to connect with each other in a, in a slightly different way. Today's episode is uh, is very much about that. It's about connecting. It's about having a conversation and it's about learning a little bit about yourself, uh, learning a lot about yourself actually. Today's guest uh, is Franks Martin. Now, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Um, she definitely articulates her why and her her hopes and dreams and desires much better than I ever could. So rather than me talk about her before we dive into the podcast, I'm going to read one of my favorite poems from her book, Anatomy, uh, which is available to purchase on her website. You should get around that. Um, I bought two. Here it goes. Permission to be who I am is the greatest gift I ever gave myself. It is endless. Now time for Frank's. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Friends? Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're having me, I think. <laughs> I know. Thank you for coming to Elwood. Thanks for hosting. <laughs> First question for you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? I genuinely love my life. And that sounds really cheesy. <laughs> and that is not discounting that the fact that sometimes life is a bit, you know, mundane, shitty. This is life. Yeah. Uh, can I swear? Oh, you can swear. <laughs> By all means, okay. swear as Good. much as you want. All right, want. I've got the green light. <laughs> uh, no, I genuinely love my life. And by that, I mean, I don't mean to sugarcoat it. I mean, there's been good times, there's been bad times. Yeah. Um, but the people around me in my community, the people that I have in my daily life, the things that I do just really fill me up. And I, yeah, I get really tired sometimes and I always joke with people that um, when they say, how are you? I'm always, I'm good, but I'm tired, you know? <laughs> and I just think that that is a sign of a good life. It's, yeah. you know? Because you, yeah, when, you, when you're always tired, you're always like 
pushing for that next thing and yeah. looking for the next thing and finding that next experience. And, and I do think there is balance and I, I am a booger for burning out, but I burn out doing the things that I love. Yeah. And when I'm tired and my head hits the pillow at the end of the day, it's with a smile on my face often. Um, and there has been times when it hasn't been this light and I haven't felt as grateful and things haven't been as good. And I think that... I would like to acknowledge that and honour that and appreciate that because it does mean when you've been through those times that the times when you just wake up in a good mood you are so appreciative of that and I really do try to honour that in my everyday life and I'm only human so sometimes I wake up and the honest truth is that it is my alarm that gets me out of bed in the morning oh, and the snooze button um, but um, most most of the time it's because I genuinely love my life and you know even the things that I do that aren't quite as exciting as writing and yoga and you know I do I love the people in my life that's and awesome. yeah I think I've worked hard to create a life that I, I love I think that's an important I guess way to look at it you've worked hard to create that life of gratitude have, has, has that gratitude always come easily absolutely not no um, I think I spent a lot of time um, growing up that life is happening to me and not for me and you know I'm human so that does happen occasionally too you know when you get two or three bad things happen in one day and you're like oh god what is happening um, but I yeah it's not always come that easy but I believe like with most things it is a practice and it is mindset and you we all have a choice and I think I write about that quite a lot and that's empowerment to me is like we all have a choice to think well not necessarily good and positive but think well and kind of monitor the health of our thoughts and realize is this a situation that i'm honestly grateful for or is this a situation that i need to say oh i'm really pissed off with this right now i don't know what it's teaching me but eventually i will be grateful for it so and those lessons that come from like the pain and suffering and the hard times like they're the ones that when we look back we can kind of appreciate them for what they are but when we're living them it's so hard to actually get out of our, our bubble yeah I think that's a good word for it bubble I think sometimes you think that you're the only person in the world that these things are happening to and I think that is what I am most passionate about with my writing I really want people to feel less alone um I have struggled with mental health issues in my past anxiety depression and I think the key factor of my healing of that, um, not that, you know, not to say that it can be healed fully, yeah. um, but I think that knowing that I wasn't alone and just knowing that other people were going through the same things, and I think even if people read my words and think, oh, me too, I think that that is such a powerful thing, that community and that connection. When you are going through, or when you do go through those times, do you have, I guess, go-to in terms of the words that you want to read obviously your expression of your writings a big part of uh, your own healing but is there other people's writings or other people's words that you go to absolutely um Brené Brown uh, I think yeah. everyone knows and loves Brené Brown at the minute but she truly has the most charismatic and honest and authentic way of portraying that giving her knowledge but not saying I'm up here and you're down here she's like we're all in this together and I think that that's all that anyone needs to hear is that you know no one's better than anyone that we're all actually in it together and no one gets out alive (laughs) yeah Um, and 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you could look at that as a good or as bad. It just means make the most of the time that you've got. And yeah. um, in terms of poetry, uh, there's so many um, poets that inspire me. Rupi Kaur, obviously, she's incredible. Yeah. There's a poet called Nikita Gill. She is absolutely incredible. She writes with fire. Um, another poet called Yana Robinson, who's based in California. Yeah. They're amazing. And they are... They just pop up with the words that I need to read and they spark a fire. Yeah, and I'm like, I hear you girls, I hear you, you strong women. I like that. Have you always been a writer? I always have. It's funny, somebody asked me that the other day and if you'd have asked me a few years ago, I would have said no, but the truth is I started to write poetry when I was six. Yeah. Maybe even earlier, I was such a bookworm. I would always write poetry, but I was a bit of a nerd at school, which now I'm proud of. But at the time, I was very awkward, very shy, always had my head in a book, was always writing something. And I think, although I haven't had the title of a job that says writer, I've always written, whether that's for creativity or to process my thoughts. Um, And I think the things that we do when we're a kid are a really, really big clue of what yeah. we could be doing yeah I was having, I was having this conversation with, with a friend the other day about how much we underestimate what we do and experience as, a, as children how much it affects us now and how much it moulds and creates who we are and I think all we have to do is look back to what we did for fun when we were little and that's kind of like our truest expression Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I think we forget. I think it's not a case of discovering. I think it's more rediscovering because I think that that was probably the question that sparked me into writing poems in my adult life. It was, you know, what did you do as a kid that you enjoyed? And I remember I pulled like a tarot card or something and it had like a pen and a paper on it. And I was like, oh, I'll draw. Um, And then I would draw, but then I would get caught in this all of these words would come and then I would end up writing and then I realised, oh, okay, well, maybe if it's not drawing, it's writing and it's just sometimes that one creative thing can lead to another and you just have to remember or rediscover. Yeah, and just start pulling the string and kind of yeah, see where it goes. Yeah, I think creativity is, it's not lots of different things. I think we are creative by default as humans we create and I speak a lot about that in my classes that I teach I think you know whether it's creative choices that lead us to writing which is a more traditional form of creativity that we've kind of labelled as traditional creativity (laughs) or whether it's painting or whether it's just a creative way that you approach your life it could just be a creative way that you get from A to B a creative way that you heal it's not just writing and drawing and dancing it's you know, we are all art. I really do believe that. Otherwise, we would be completely symmetrical. <laughs> We'd be robots. You know, yeah. we're all expressions well, of like, art. Like our go-to when we're thinking about creative is writing, um, art, you know, entertainment. But creativity really is just how we interact with the world around us and with ourselves as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, you know, we all have problems in our life because we're human beings, and it's it's you can look at that with a creative mindset or you can look at it with a negative mindset or all of these different mindsets and I think creativity is not just an act it's a mindset Mm. but that the mindset really comes from consistently like loading up on that action that what you said before about you used to kind of feel as though the world was happening to you instead of for you what were the things was it that creative expression that kind of helped you shift that yeah I think I read um I read a book 
Rebecca Campbell, Rise Sister Rise, and she speaks about transmuting what we label as negative emotion or anger or anything like that, transmuting it, using, because it's all just energy, right? That's what I believe. Everyone's got their own beliefs. It's all just energy. And if you use that and you transmute it into something that can serve you or, you know, as a way of healing, a way of releasing, I think that that is such a powerful thing. And I think that you can tell when you see a work of art that is like a true transmutation of, of pain or yeah. grief or even joy, um, not just the negative ones. I think, yeah, I think that was a strong catalyst, I would definitely say. I think... Um, you know, being quite honest and open, I had a string of absolutely car crash relationships, one after the other, the same pattern. I couldn't pattern. tell though, really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you read that, it's pretty obvious. Um, and I just kept thinking, why is this happening to me? Why am I getting the same pattern again and again? You know, instead of blaming these men or these people. Yeah. You know, that's such a waste of time blaming. You've got to honour the emotion, I believe. But I would be like, how can I reframe this? Like, this is happening for me for a reason. And how can I reframe it? And here I am years later. That's cool. Were you you able to, I guess, take responsibility for kind of your part? Yes, absolutely. This book, I speak about it really often actually. Um, It absolutely holds me accountable. It takes me fully out of my victim. Um, It allowed me to reflect as I was writing. Um, You know, nothing happens in isolation. Um, A good friend told me that. Nothing happens in isolation. And no, it's true. It's all alchemy. And we're all responsible for our own actions and usually if, I believe if it feels like something's happening to you it's a lack of boundary or a boundary that hasn't been spoken so that encouraged me to use my voice more and it's just all of these things that I learned through writing and processing and, and every situation is completely different so I can't speak for everything but yeah. I think that is a really powerful way to live if you acknowledge that we all have a choice and it means it's on you it means it not yeah, it's and just, it's so powerful. That's yeah, it's so it can be confronting, very confronting, because you've Definitely. got to take responsibility <laughs> for your own shit and your own triggers and your own so, patterns. But yeah. Um, yeah, we all have a choice, and it's very powerful. It's so powerful because you get to choose whether you're in a situation or not. And yeah. you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm in this situation. I'll get a, maybe I'll get another book out of it. But <laughs> <laughs> more often than not, it's not worth the pain. Well, so. And that's an, an interesting. One. I was thinking about the question on the way up. I was like. So I, f- I figured you would have always been a writer, but were you always going to write a book? I always wanted to. It yeah. was top of my bucket list. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's got a book in them. I really do believe that. Mm. Um, so it's not that I didn't doubt that I had a book in me, but I just wondered what it was. Yeah. Um, and I ne- when I write poetry, I never, I never began writing poetry with a book as an end game. Yeah. Um, it was just... It actually... It sounds crazy, and I say this because it's true. A lot of my book just came to me in meditation, like the yeah. name, the the concept, everything. And I just think that however you believe about meditation or whatever you think, I think it's just being still and accessing your own intuition. Yeah. Um, you can frame it any way you want, but maybe meditation just allowed me to be still and access, like that. access that. So. If someone came to you, um, maybe one of your classes, first time yogi, and you they asked, what's the go with meditation? 
how would you not sell it to them but how would you kind of talk them through it and articulate it I think it's just becoming still it's just getting still and still not necessarily physically because I believe that meditation can come in many different forms movement um, anything but it's something that brings you back to yourself brings you back to your intuition brings you back to your body that's a big one for me Um, and there's no right or wrong way to do it I think and that's where a lot of people maybe go wrong is that expectation I should be still or I I should and that's such an interesting word I should be able to sit still I should be able to do that and it Mm. places a lot of anxiety and I think especially with yoga and meditation it's just like yes you know there's right alignment and there's keeping your body safe I'm sure you'll identify with that but it's there is no right or wrong way because again yoga and meditation they're just expressions of self and how can somebody tell you that's right or that's wrong yeah that's cool I like that. Do you, do you feel so in the yoga world there's that superiority complex for certain areas of it in terms of being able to allow anyone to, to come into it? Because I think it's something that from someone that's come from a complete non-yogi background <laughs> and have loved lots of different areas of it, there's definitely that feeling of, um, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, it's inability to kind of be vulnerable and dive into it without feeling of being judged by people that have been doing it for long periods of time yeah they do it really well i guess i guess but then i i I, to be quite honest which i'll always be there was a period of my life that i did think that um it was very confronting coming from england where the yoga scene it's okay um to melbourne where it's everywhere and it's wow it's incredible it's like you know kid in a candy shop kind of thing um but I think that there is definitely an element of that but I guess it's all the way that you look at it and I think it definitely things like that definitely brings anytime you put yourself in a large community large Mm -hmm. circles of people it brings up your triggers and and brings out your inner striver like am I doing it this right and and, you know we all have projections on each other I do believe that but I, I think um I think maybe there could be that Um, but I think I'm just very passionate about bringing or letting yoga and meditation just become so accessible because I think it's becoming more I feel feel as though it's becoming more accessible it completely is Melbourne is so incredible and there's so many amazing teachers and amazing trainings and Yeah, I'm definitely learning that it is the way that you look at things. You think you can either see it as that and be like, oh my God, I'm not very good at this and I'm really intimidated by all these crazy, incredible people. Or you can just kind of be like, do you know what? Really vulnerable. My practice might feel a bit shit to me, but that's my label. And I love the... Anna says it all the time, I love talking about being in the four corners of your mat. And it doesn't really matter what's happening outside of it. And if you, if you get a glimpse of someone else doing something awesome, like you look at it, appreciate it, yeah. process it, and then just back to the four corners of your Because that's mat. a practice, right? You yeah. could be triggered to hell with everyone in, in yeah. every situation, but yeah. that is the yoga, isn't it? It's not yeah. about, you know, whether you can kind of stand on one hand or your head or whatever. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. But um, the practice is responding not reacting and that's something that I, I'm still learning <laughs> so yeah no I would definitely say um, I'm very passionate about making yoga accessible and, and just comforting and, and yeah just making it lovely and a pleasant experience because at the end of the day it's bringing you home to yourself like it's, that's what it is yeah. it's a practice what makes a, 
a good yoga teacher? Oh, that's a question. I somebody who is just able to hold space and I know that that's a bit of a buzz phrase at the minute mm. but just allow me to be who I am yeah. in that moment and I'm going to name drop unashamedly Amelia who runs Axis is one of the most amazing people at yeah. just allowing people to be exactly who they are um, and I think that's incredible and I also really appreciate um, a teacher who is just consistently learning yeah. and just acknowledges that like yoga is a practice and we're all not going to know any, everything and yeah. not only that but life is a practice as well and I think it's just I almost can't put words to what a good teacher is it's just a feeling yeah. and, it, and it's also very personal I think everyone's I don't think there are any bad teachers I think everyone just connects with everyone differently I like that I think we could take the word yoga out of that question yeah yeah, yeah. exactly the same answer exactly yeah someone all that's feeling and hold space I think oh my god important. it's it's you can't put words to it I think it's it's amazing and just that feeling of just being like I'm having the worst day everything's gone wrong but right now in this practice I'm accepting me and I feel safe to accept me as well I think that is probably the closest thing I can or the closest experience I can yeah. explain to what a good how did you come to be one with the yoga space? Like, how is that? Oh. <laughs> That's a story. Um, so primarily, I, I guess I partied a lot when I was in England. If you've yeah. ever been to England, particularly the north of England, uh, we know how to party. Oh, I did. Don't party anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and through that, I realised I was kind of numbing myself and, and I was going through um, intense periods of depression and anxiety and, yeah, really low points in my life. And the more I would go out and the more I would party, it would kind of numb it for the night yeah. or the weekend. And then these periods of anxiety and depression would get closer and closer together and then all of a sudden I was just living under this black cloud and I was just like something's got to give and I think a lot of people kind of come to yoga through this as well um, so that's a kind of why it's got a special place in my heart the community um, and it was just like something's got to give and I just googled yoga and I was terrified it took me about six months to wow. work my way up to getting to a studio because I, I never had the strongest body I'm yeah. pretty petite I was in hospital um, with operations on my feet for a lot when I was you know when I was a lot younger and that kind of affects you know your feet are your grounding your legs and your yeah. hips you know you know their stability so I always felt a little unsteady and you know I still do now sometimes <laughs> um but I was so intimidated so I kind of set about doing home practice for about six months and then finally I picked up the courage to go to the local yoga studio yeah. and I'm so glad I did because I so got addicted um fully addicted I did it every day for a few months well, I started off once or twice a week and then yeah. every day what, what were you afraid of between going from the home practice to the studio practice oh what what will they think about me I can't hold a tree pause <laughs> I'm going to be the wobbliest person in the room I'm going to fall over I'm going to make an idiot out of myself I'm not flexible I'm not strong all of the self-sabotaging thoughts oh, yeah. that anyone who's ever decided to try yoga has definitely had I can't do this, I'm too weak everything um, what, yeah. what, what would your advice be to someone that feels that way right now? just do it, get out of your head 
get out of your head just yeah. do it because there's always going to be someone else that is feeling like that you might connect with them or you know it's the four corners of the map thing yeah, when you first start you don't really know that but most of the people in the yoga classroom they're so consumed in their stuff their body their breathing that you guys do that in the gym a lot. People are so like people worry about what everyone, everyone else mm-hmm. is thinking. Like everyone is so worried about what's going on in like their own space and their yeah. own body. To like they don't give a fuck about what's going <laughs> on. Like we want them to give a fuck about you as a person, but in terms of like the way you look or the way yeah. you're at, like the way you're doing something, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter Each to their own completely. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way of looking at if you are self conscious in life it's like everybody's so bothered about themselves <laughs> that they're not you know bothered about you and yeah yeah it's it's definitely get out of your head and just do it i yeah it was a very intimidating experience for me but now i'm here and same as starting to teach yeah. in this lovely city where it's incredible a very supportive community but it's big and it's yeah. scary, scary sometimes so yeah just do it why did you move over or how did that oh. all, like I know this is a big big question big question how, how did that all come about uh, I very just intuitively had done yoga for about six months so I think it was probably about a year actually um, maybe longer and I was just like I think I want to be a yoga teacher and I had a lot of people in my life saying be a yoga teacher and I was like you're crazy at this point I think I'd done it for a year and a half maybe two years and I was like I can't even I still can't do tree (laughs) pause like I don't know why I'm so hung up on that pause I still struggle now but um I was like I can't do tree pause why wouldn't anybody want to be a yoga teacher my balance is terrible and people were just saying do it do it and I felt it and I was like you know what why not and I don't like running from things that I'm scared of Mm. I don't like to be scared of things I like to just do them um, like even you know feel the fear and do it anyway yeah. it was that um, so I thought alright where next and so I felt intuitively drawn to Bali so I did my teacher training in Bali I lived there for a few months that was what an experience that would be a culture shock yes <laughs> from the north of England Leeds to um, to Bali <laughs> um, yeah that was an interesting experience it was amazing um got my heart broken there <laughs> that's when the string started that's yeah. where the book started um and yeah but I really enjoyed my teacher training uh I loved it and then I came to Melbourne and I was like I'm gonna teach yoga got to Melbourne and oh my god I've, <laughs> I've never lived anywhere like this it's crazy it is amazing incredible magical everyone does yoga um <laughs> it's not really like that in the north of England yeah. um I guess from like obviously I like, grew up in Melbourne so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's awesome to hear someone saying that but for everyone from Melbourne mm-hmm. like, why is it so magical and wonderful all those kind of things it's just you can just talk about how you feel quite openly within the yoga community specifically yeah. um and fitness is just such a normal thing Um, people it's okay to say I don't drink and I want a green smoothie and actually please can I have that dairy free (laughs) without judgement people are just like yeah cool Um, and when I left it wasn't really like that 
in the UK and yeah. I think it was more like I say we all have choices and it was more to do with the situation I put myself in with the partying and I just needed a break from that and so I just felt intuitively drawn to come over to this side of the world That's and cool. it, it all kind of panned out as it did so I'm very grateful for that. What is it like living your life in the other side, on the other side of the world? Ah that is a good question because I think my friends back home like oh my god she's living the dream and I am. Yeah most of the time <laughs> um, I'm very 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 grateful for my life here but oh my goodness it is I, I wasn't emotionally prepared for living <laughs> life away from my family away yeah. from my friends away from my community on a visa <laughs> which I still am on um, it takes your grounding away so if you're the kind of person that doesn't really need grounding or is quite grounded by nature, I think that's very exciting. Yeah. But I need grounding yeah. and I need my centre and my home comforts. And I do have an adventurous streak, absolutely. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Um, but it is a little scary. Um, you feel very vulnerable. Um, it's things like you can't just go home to your mum and dad at the weekend. Yeah. You've got to create your own family. But it's kind of cool because you get to yeah. choose the people that you want in your life and you get to explore different personalities yeah. and figure out what works for you and you build your own community and I think that's been really lovely and really comforting but it is, you know, it's not as easy as it looks as just flying across the world saying up a life and I thought it was going to take me six weeks to settle in but it took me probably six months to How a year. How long now? Two and a half years. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Has it, um, has it flown by? It, it, it hasn't, like it hasn't. I feel like this is my home. It's interesting. This is probably the first place that I've lived that feels like home. Yeah. Which... That's pretty powerful. It is, it yeah. is. It does. It's particularly Elwood. It's, um, I feel very held by Melbourne and Elwood. Yeah. Um, I do need to be near the sea, though, near the ocean. Well, we can see the ocean now. Yeah. Yes. possibly hear it. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm very, very lucky. Good. Yeah, it does. That's what I like. I like the smell of the sea. Yeah. Um, I'm usually always got at least my feet in the sea every day, even through winter, the storms, yeah. everything. It just really grounds me. I think some people like the jungle or they like grass and trees. I'm just like, give me the sand between my toes. Yeah. yeah. There's oh, right. m most of that book was kind of written between floating around in Elwood Beach. <laughs> yeah, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. Like you mentioned community a lot and I, I love that. Mm. And I think creating your own community kind of comes with two two sides of the coin. One, you get to choose who you want to hang out with and who you want to be, mm. like who you want to be around. And, and I think that's the most amazing part about coming to a new city is you can kind of go, well, okay, I just need to dive into it. And the other side of the coin is you have to be so vulnerable to actually let oh. people in. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Talk me, me through that. Like, what, what was that experience like to be at? Because you don't just walk into a community and go, hey, guys, I'm your friend now. Like, you've yeah. got to be to let people in. Love me. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, um, I was in a very bad place when I first got to Melbourne for that reason. I yeah. felt very isolated. I think I'd been floating around in Bali for a few months, um, which was amazing and magical, but... It, it's kind of a bubble too oh, yeah. so I landed with both of my feet on the ground in the middle of a Melbourne winter in Fitzroy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just didn't know what to do I was like where do I start but I'm a very big believer in synchronicity and on the second day that I was in Melbourne I took myself a coffee I took myself a brunch 
and I met someone and she was like I'm a yoga teacher too do you want to come and do yoga at my house and I met all of my friends there um, some of which I'm still very good friends with some of which we've kind of floyd away from each other which is lovely the cycles reason a season or a lifetime Mm. Um, and through that I've just met these people incredible people some new people have come into my life some have kind of floated away but it's all quite organic and natural yeah. and cool. but you're right I have to you have to be very very vulnerable and just be like actually like do you want to go and get coffee it's so daunting asking people on friend dates <laughs> can I can I tell you that like nobody no, nobody not. talks no, about not. like everyone's so um aware of like romantic dates like oh I'm gonna ask this person to go for a drink but yeah. If you've ever been in a situation where yeah, you want to make like, yeah. I really like you, please be my friend. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, do you want to get it, a coffee? Because I, I also don't drink. So yeah. that coming so to a new city. Yeah. yeah. So coming to a new city and moving, I moved to a hostel first and yeah. they were all just like, let's go out and get pissed. And old me yeah. like would be like, yes, let's go. <laughs> I'll drink you under the table. Yeah. But I was trying to kind of foster the things that were good for me. And so that was challenging. But it means that now... If I go to bed at 9.30, my friends are like, yeah, see you in the morning for brunch. Yeah. So. And, that's, and I think making or having those friendship dates as coffee dates <laughs> yes. means that like, you, you can't be three drinks in and, 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 folk, and need that for your inhibitions to be lowered for you to be vulnerable, right? You exactly. Have to be, you have to just well, put yourself Well, this is there, me, what's and all. This is me, yeah. And well, sometimes this is me before coffee. <laughs> like. We've all, we've all been there. Exactly. Plus, no. you've come to the best place in the world for coffee. So well, that is true. Helps. I have. Um, yes, I never really drank coffee before I came to Melbourne. So I wouldn't say addiction, but I think actually, yeah, let's just be real real brutal about that. Yeah, it's, I'm addicted. So that Coffee doesn't count as an addiction. I know. It's a way of life. It's yeah. part of my blood now. I, think. I need to drink water, I need to drink coffee. Yeah, that's Whatever it. Else Nothing happens, else. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What's. I want to talk about your book. Yes. Where did the name come from to start off with? Because it's obviously the first thing anyone that sees your book will see. Yes. So, I guess I've always been really passionate about feeling into my body. Because I haven't always felt connected to my body. I've always been... I found it very easy to meditate or, you know, access the kind of, you know, I could meditate for an hour or whatever. But in terms of feeling into my body and being fully present in the moment and grounded, both feet on the floor, I am here, I am safe, that has been a challenge. Um, And when I feel things, I feel quite deeply. Um, I'm a very passionate human and it's taken me a long time to honour that in myself, to acknowledge it and to be proud of it as well. Um, And I think when we feel we feel in our body and so the reason there's a few reasons to be honest but the main reason that the book is called anatomy is because the cycles that we go through in our life when I wrote the book I wrote it about the cycle of relationships but when I thought about it more deeply is that whatever we do in our life anything whether it is a job a project a relationship with a person, a romantic relationship, a friendship, anything, the cycle of a plant, anything. It's a cycle and it's it's not. Yeah, it's just we feel. So anatomy is broken into hips, 
heart, knees and spine. So the cycle is we lust. So that exciting phase, that exciting part of a relationship or a project or anything um, that you get so fired up and passionate about. And then the next part of the cycle, I feel, is that you fall in love with it. So that excitement, all of those heady feelings, you settle into your heart and you really feel things in your heart. And then more often than not, in whatever way you look at it, sometimes we fall, however you want to phrase that, and that's the knees. But then the beautiful part of that is that there's always going to be the rising, which is the spine. And so I guess it came from feeling everything so deeply in my body and I would feel these emotions, these breakups, this disappointment, this love, this like crazy lust. I would feel it all in different parts of my body. And I just thought, this has to be it because each of those poems just falls into these chapters so you can tell that that's the place that I wrote from. And I do, it's... We've got to honor those cycles of life. We can push them away, you know. It's similarly that I believe that we all live through seasons as well. So you could look at it through that kind yeah. of cycle as well. Um, so yeah, I just believe that we're cyclical creatures and nothing is forever, you know. I think the the main theme when I kind of like obviously seen bits and pieces of it, Anna talks about it all the time. <laughs> But when I finally sat there and kind of, I just sat there and read it back to front, the one theme that kind of kept coming up for me that you were expressing was impermanence and how important it is that whether you're feeling a certain way or you're doing something or or something's happening that it'll last for a period of time and then the next thing will come along. Yeah. I think that was was the main kind of, it was a roller coaster. And I yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm glad. But the, that just importance of understanding that things don't last forever and the impermanence of it. Yeah. Um, even feeling like emotions are obviously really short, but then relationships and, and friendships Everything. and all the, like, life. That's just get out of love, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think I'm glad that you picked up on that because that was a big intention of mine. It was. You know, sometimes, especially when you're moving countries, you just cling on to stability. You're like, oh my God, this person, this thing, this routine I've got, I need it to stay the same. Please just give me that. And it's the reality is nothing. Mm. You know, we're all nature, we're all energy. Energy doesn't stay the same. It moves, it flows. And I think if you expect it to stay or you're trying to control something, it becomes stagnant. And I think that relationships, they fluctuate speaking from my experience the people around me and you know it's not to say that everybody's going to break up but it's like you do go through those cycles where you feel those things about someone then you love them and then they piss you off a little bit (laughs) and then you're like you grow together Um, and it's not just about relationships it's just honouring you know say you just lost your job like that's a that was a big part of the book as well for me something that I was very passionate about kind of fell apart and it wasn't a person it was connected to a person but it was a project of mine a business and I looked at it with the anatomy eyes and I was like it helped me heal from it because I was like I've talked the talk I've got to walk the walk (laughs) now and honour that and heal this experience it's almost like an accountability piece right like if, if no one ever read it it'd still be an overwhelmingly successful part of your life because it... 100%, and I say this, this book holds me accountable for every single thought that comes into my mind, every word that comes out of my mouth, 
everything I do, every decision I make, I take a breath. What would the book do? <laughs> I like that. What would the book do? Um, and it means, you know, it means a lot of things. It means that if I'm ever grumpy, haven't had my coffee, and I go to open my mouth and get impatient, which doesn't happen a lot, but, you know, human, yeah. um, it, I stop and I think and I respond. If I'm ever going to get really angry with something, situation, if I'm stuck in traffic, it's like I stop, I think, and I respond. Yeah. Patience, impermanence. I'm not going to be stuck in traffic forever. And it also stops me from playing small. That was a big part of the book. I was like, I want to write poems and words, or I have written these poems and words that are so fierce, so powerful, that encouraging other people to be empowered and stand in their power and speak fire and, you know, be thunder and, and make waves. I want to write those words and I want to live that. And I want other people to live that too. And if I can encourage other people, or if I am to encourage other people to live like that, then I've got to do that too. Yeah. It stops me from shrinking away. Yeah, that must be empowering writing those words, feeling those words, and then having such a wide community of people resonate with it. It's been incredible. It. Yeah. yeah, it has been humbling. Um, I actually can't put words to it. it. It blows me away. And I think for the first kind of month, two months, even now, I still get tears in my eyes when I see people share because. I wrote the things that I did. It came so naturally to me, but I think I wrote them. I think something in me wrote them because that's what I needed to hear when I was going through yeah. this shit. And I think I just don't want anyone to feel alone because yeah. let's be real, we all go through shit times, we all go through good times, but like you say, it's impermanence. Everything's a cycle. Yeah, I, think, I think that whatever advice we give other people, we're just giving it to ourselves a previous version of ourselves I could not agree more I could not agree more and yeah it's it's if I am to empower other people I've got to walk the walk I've got to yeah. I can't shrink I can't be oh, disempowered or a victim I, you know it's all a practice mm -hmm. and it still is and it will always be a practice but yeah it holds but me you're being the example exactly and yeah I just think if one person reads one poem and it brightens the day or they just feel connected or they go mm. me too yeah. that's all I care about yeah. yeah and there's gonna be times where you come full circle and you come back to that thing and like you read it and you're like I can't believe I wrote that I that's read exactly a poem the other day I read my own poem <laughs> and was like oh I really needed to read that <laughs> I was having such a shit day the other day. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was yeah. having a pity party. And I read the I Will Create Waves With My Body poem. It was yeah. so powerful. That's probably my favorite poem in the whole book. Um, and I was like, I am here to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wrote this. Yeah. I will Which not shrink you. away. Good like, thank you. Like, give yeah. myself a high five. It's because I've, I've been trying to put out a little bit of like writing lately, like the mm -hmm. weekly email and stuff. And I, I, um, I re put them all out as like scheduled posts, and ones that from like 12 months ago are coming back out now. And I'm just like, <laughs> I wrote that? Wow. wow. <laughs> like, and, and I'll get a message from someone that's exactly what I needed to hear, and I was like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Same. We're on the same page. I think that's so important that everyone's going through their journey. Oh my goodness. And everyone's at different stages. And I think I was talking to someone that the other day. Like, I think I was kind of chatting about it in terms of seasons, but in terms of the book, like some people are falling when some people are rising, and that's why I think comparison is so dangerous because we're all in different seasons. We're all we're not in sync. Like some people 
are you know in their full summer they're blooming they're rising they're empowered they're sassy they've got all this attitude and then somebody who's falling and feeling flat and disempowered is looking at that person it's making them feel worse but it's just like I think it's just honouring no we're all just floating around in space essentially I'm going to be quite quiet and I think like (laughs) My, when you, whenever you say something like that, my brain just goes, oh, I got that quote, I got that quote. <laughs> like, one of my favourite ones is comparison is deep of joy. It so is. And I think that if you're comparing your, you know, chapter six to someone else's chapter 20, like, you, you might be a book ahead of them, but yeah. because you're, you know, you're going through your own shit, you forget that, and we all forget that. We, we do. all forget that, like, everyone struggles and everyone suffers, and I think it helps to know that. And when we do know that, then kindness just happens because we realise that everyone else is going through shit, even if they're not showing it. It's empathy and compassion, you know, as Brené Brown talks about. It's knowing that I'm here, you're there, I understand what you're going through. I'm not saying, you know, I'm I'm enlightened, (laughs) I can help you, I'm better than you, I've done more training. It's just... I don't know the answers, but I'm here to help you. Yeah, it is. I I don't know but I'm here. And like a poem is, one of my poems that I wrote is like, um, I can't even remember it, that's so bad. <laughs> but it's just like hold, like, hold me while I fix myself. Don't try to fix me. Be there, hold the space for me yeah. while I fix myself. Yeah. It's like, it's such a powerful thing. And, and it's, it's so hard to get out of that, I guess. It's, it's an ego thing, right? Where someone comes to you with a problem and Guys especially want to go, okay, let me try and fix it. I'm going to fix it. Yeah, I can fix that. Whereas, like, one thing people need is just, it's that, okay, I feel how you're feeling. Like, I have that empathy. What do you need from me? If it's just support and not, you know, here's a six-step list. <laughs> yeah. Check, check this, these boxes and you'll be fixed. Fix here's it. a PDF. Like, I'm going by that. And it's really hard. I find it really difficult to as I guess a coach and you know, teaching and stuff I find it really difficult to not just try and give the answers yeah. and to be able to kind of step back and find out my clients so if, in friendships relationships with stuff and I want to kind of be like okay here's what you need to do but <laughs> yeah. it never works like that and it doesn't work like that and you think you're able to acknowledge that and remind yourself of that I sort of need reminding of it every day but if you allow, to, you allow people to figure stuff out on their own it won't, might not be as quick but it'll it will last forever. Yeah, longer Yeah, yeah that's it. and sometimes it's just as simple as like I see you, I hear you. I'm trying to understand. Trying, yeah. Because sometimes we don't understand, but that's okay. Mm. Yeah, I really like that, <laughs> and I agree. I think it's easy to have to want to come up with answers because we it makes us feel needed, right? So we're like, oh yeah, yeah. you need me. Um, but yeah, I think it, and it's 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 all a practice. I keep saying it's all a practice, but sometimes you dive in and speak, but listening is more is, is powerful. And it's we've all got that within us to talk me through your definition or your understanding or your version of seasons. Is it something that's come seasons, up a, a little bit yes. in the last year and a bit? My cycles. Yes. yes. So uh, seasons is just for me in terms of life I just see the phases that we move through and I guess using the traditional phrase of seasons I think again I read it in a book Rebecca Campbell she's an absolute legend um she introduced that idea to me um is that you know spring is often where 
we're kind of blooming and it's the excitement and then the summer where it's like you know you just have to look down to the beach at summer everyone's excitable everyone's out there doing things they're living their purpose they're just happy and then autumn is like when you want to go inward and I'm a bit of an introvert so I guess maybe I spend a bit more time in my autumn or my winter um but it's hard, it's challenging when you're in your winter and you've got someone next to you who's in their spring and you can see them headed into summer and they're blooming and they're blossoming and it's and you're like oh god <laughs> the best thing I did today or the most productive thing I did was like get out of the bed and make myself breakfast like and they're like running their business they're making all of money they're doing all of these things they're like kicking their goals and I'm like I just made myself brunch today and a cup of coffee <laughs> You know, not the worst thing in the world yeah I mean that's still great but you know and I did feel that a lot of this year and I think a lot of it's gone into my book and I guess I tried to honour the seasons within the way that I write the chapters of anatomy Mm -hmm. the knees and the the rising I think it's incredibly descriptive the way you kind of set out those chapters thank you yeah because it like I think it probably wasn't until I read the whole thing and you kind of see how it all fits together Mm. just like okay again this is like I kind of like, I think I'm mostly a full body of work. Yes. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's one of the reasons that I didn't um, send it off to a publisher initially um, is because they would ask for 10 poems and I was like, it's like choosing children. (laughs) Like this this is meant to be read together or dipped in and out of, but it's meant to be had in its whole. Um... And so I couldn't do it. I think I sent a few poems off, and but I did it so half-heartedly that. What was the process like getting self-published? And I, I assume it would have probably taken longer and cost more than you expected. It was actually quite. The cost side of things is really good because yeah. it's print on demand, yeah. and I would definitely cool. encourage anyone if they're thinking of self-publishing, definitely do it. There are a lot of platforms. I used Amazon. Um, because it was recommended to me Um, and I'd seen other poets progress through that however (laughs) the writing was incredible Uh, the formatting (laughs) and the image quality and everything that I'm just not qualified to do Uh, oh my goodness that's when my community came in handy (laughs) Um, one of my good friends Matt I used to live with him he just moved out uh, he is an art director he is the reason that my cover and my um, page four my, the back of the book exists yeah. and looks as good as it does it's incredible and I would also love to give a big shout out to Susie as well who all of the drawings all of the illustrations in there are hers um, I feel like I have potentially glossed over that but the way the reason that anatomy is a beautiful body of work is really really down to some of the drawings that she did and Susie did those without a brief I said this is my concept I want it split into hips, heart, knees, spine I want the anatomical structures but I want them to look beautiful that was her brief and she smashed it Um, she did a pretty good job she she made a knee look beautiful (laughs) I would just like to say uh Mad gratitude. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're great, but they're, they're not the most beautiful part of the body. Um, each to their own. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a strong community. There's no way that I could have done this book on my own. So I'd just like to take this moment to say thank you to those people. Was it easy to ask for help? No. 
I was like, I can do everything <laughs> on my own. I don't need anyone. I will try my best. Um, probably not that um, aggressively, but yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is my, I'm doing it. And then I was like, you've got to ask for help. And there was so much vulnerability in that. Poor Matt. Oh my goodness. The amount of times I went back to him and said, can you just change this cover? Can you do it like this? Can you change the size? Can you just move this? It was terrifying because yeah. I was having to use my voice. Yeah. And you think the hardest part about writing a book is the thought of putting it out there and publishing it. No, it's yeah. the, the going back to the designer and the artist and saying, yeah. can you just... Can you? And I had to stop myself from saying, can you just yeah. take the word just out and say, would you be able to? Because it's it's not just. Yeah. And it was things like that that made me realise that I had to practice using my voice, you know, the language yeah. that I was using. So it's like you've had to use your voice in putting the book together and then you've had to use your book to make it actually become put together. That was the hard part. That was the hard. And the self-doubt, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The reason I think I mentioned before um, we started... Uh, live was that the self-doubt and the self-criticism and the nobody's going to want to read this oh my goodness that's the reason it took so long if I'm completely honest yeah. I had days where I was like this is going in the bin yeah. I'm not publishing it no way it's too personal nobody's going to relate I've got a purpose behind it I've got an intention behind it but it doesn't matter people are just going to people are going to laugh same as when I started yoga people yeah. will laugh at me that was a big fear uh, and also I have a very big fear of I live in my too much sometimes so I a lot of the time through my life uh, it's too intense too much rein it in and I write about that a lot because I never want to use that language about anyone and I don't want anyone to hear that because there's yeah. never too much we're Definitely. all exactly as we're supposed to be yeah. intensity and passion we'd never get anything done <laughs> we're almost taught to to kind of like dull that down and, yeah. and, and bring it back and it's just you know when we're, when we're kids it's don't be that kid that's like running around jumping around and, and expressing themselves yes, no you, exactly. you want to be sitting in the classroom and doing all the same as everyone else and I think that's it's incredibly it's really powerful a lot today but it's incredibly powerful to be able to go well this is what I want to express this is who I am yeah. this is me being the ultimate version of me who cares take it I'll leave it <laughs> take it or leave it that's a good and one. that's and that is you know, step up or step aside. It's it's one hundred percent, and it takes. It, it it took a lot for me to get to that mindset of like, this is me. This is who I am. This is a full expression of myself. It's the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. The most courageous thing I've ever done. Um, and you either like it or you don't, yeah. and that's okay. And I am truly okay with that. If people buy my book and they never read it or it gathers dust on the book, I don't care. If people say to me, I don't like it, I'm like, cool, all right. Yeah. Um, nobody has yet, <laughs> but there's always, you know, yeah. everyone resonates differently with different things, different mm. poets, different words. Um, yeah, it's incredible, and I think you saw right, like kids running around, It's I've become much more mindful of the times when I was told to be quiet, mm. sit down, stay still. And that was part of the writing process as well because yeah. a lot of that came up. Like it's, it's like shine, but not too brightly. Yeah, well, and I think, I don't know if you've seen it, 
here but we've got such a tall poppy syndrome mm. and it's so frustrating because so many people are not expressing themselves fully and, and I, like, I, I go through the same stuff and that imposter syndrome and that feeling like I'm not good enough and what I want to share people don't want to hear and I think when you get past that because it's just ego right like yeah. you, you get past that ego and come from a to steal part of your book like come from that heart and be able to just express and if someone picks it up and loves it that awesome if someone picks it up and hates it awesome if someone doesn't pick it up at all it's 100% for me this yeah. book I said my intention was I want people to feel less alone if that's one person great if it's a hundred great if it's a thousand great yeah um, and it's for me and it's my expression and it's me finding my voice and I think that's really powerful because we are told to be quiet and pipe down quite a lot why too much it's too much absolutely um, yeah I, I it is my expression of me and we all express ourselves differently and if I can encourage that in another human then great that's a win yeah that um I guess want for people to like it is obviously going to be there during the process yeah was there a period of time where you were really struggling with that no one's going to read it or that no one's going to like it and what did you do to kind of bring yourself to the place you are now Yes, there was a, probably about a period of three or four months um, earlier this year, maybe February, March time, where I just put it aside for three or four months. Yeah. I had so much on my plate and I was making excuses. So for me, I find that doubt doesn't manifest as doubt because I'd be able to catch it. It manifests as making myself so busy that I burn out. Yeah. And that I then, I'm, I'm too tired, I can't do that. I've got to look after myself. I can't do everything. <laughs> So that happened for, I was working every day and I used the excuse, I'm saving for a visa so that I can study. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then I realized when I got still and I got sick a few times as well, burnout, it happens. Um, when I had that moment where I was forced to reflect because I physically couldn't get out of yeah. bed. I was like, this is me self-sabotaging. This is my version of self-sabotage. This is me saying to myself, I can't do it. Well, I would have none of that. I'd be like, that's bullshit. Of course yeah. I can do it. But it manifests as me filling my plate too much and me being too busy so that I don't progress in anything. Um, so that happened for about three or four months and I used the excuse of I need money and I need to save up <laughs> and I need a traditional job. Um, yeah. And that's fine. It, it helped me and I'm, I'm here, stable yeah. with my student visa, which is lovely. <laughs> um, but I was able to recognise that. And so, yes, I would say that, that that was the fear for me. But then the fear of not doing it overrides the fear of what would people think yeah the fear of regret I think for me is the overriding Mm. one yeah (laughs) what's next in terms of writing or whatever what's next I would I'm already writing book number two which is awesome I'm very excited. I'm loving the whole creative process of that. I am the crazy person that runs out of the room with a pen in my hand <laughs> or my phone on the notes page. Yeah. Um, the number of um, public transport stops I've missed because I've been so engrossed in the notes part of my phone. <laughs> I'm just a bit crazy at the minute. Um, everything is revolving around writing. Um, 
Yes, um, but I'm loving it. I feel a little crazy and very sensitive as well. I know when it's time for me to write when I'm feeling sensitive to everything. Um, And when I get like a big bubble kind of building up through, it comes like through my heart and into my throat and I'm like, what do I do with this? What do I do? When I can't sleep, um, that's when I know. And so I was like, all right, universe, I hear you. I'm writing. Um, So that's next. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like yet I'm staying open to that I'm sure it will come to me Um, and I also I'm really passionate about obviously yoga teaching yoga as well Um, so I would like to combine creativity or encouraging people to be to use their expression um, through yoga maybe um, some workshops Um, yeah I would love to combine my two passions Um, and I always I already kind of infuse words and my poetry into my my classes I guess and that empowerment and that impermanence that I'm I'm pretty passionate about and people finding their voice and just being who they are um I guess that kind of comes through my classes but I would like to consciously combine the two maybe into workshops um but there's definitely going to be a book too and yeah I will I will write and write and write and hopefully there's a book two three four five I will always write and there will always be more whether one people or one million read it yeah and that's a cool way to look at it because you're doing it for yourself it's for but me I can imagine like book two the process would be so far into book one it is weird knowing that I am writing these poems because they're going to end up in a book most of the poems in anatomy yeah. didn't know they were going to be in a book so it was just free flowing there is that pressure and I really identify with uh, I've never been a musician but I can identify with musicians where they have to do the follow up yeah. album <laughs> this is what it feels like I've been so lucky with the reception of, of anatomy that I am shitting myself a little bit but then <laughs> yeah. I come back to the reason that I'm doing it is not for anyone else and that soothes me and it's been very smooth flow of creativity so I am very grateful for it and uh, universe if you're listening please send me some more creativity <laughs> always grateful I'm for that I'm sure it'll come nothing <laughs> Five espressos down at Elwood <laughs> yes. Beach. Kind Completely of wired, writing until far in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. <laughs> yes. I want to read that. It happens sometimes. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions for you to finish off. Okay. You can dive into these or take them wherever you want to take them. Mm-hmm. What are you most proud of? The courage that I cultivated to put this book out out here. Uh, it was not easy it was like pulling teeth all of my triggers came up I was in tears I was crying with self-doubt some days Um, can't do this don't want to do it numbing myself through busyness usually Um, and I am so proud that I have finished something start to finish and I have not only done that but I've not hidden it away and I guess I'm proud of myself consistently and I could never have said that before um, because it's every day and if a few days go by where I haven't done something to do with my book or my writing yeah. I check myself mm. <laughs> before I wreck myself <laughs> um, no I do I, I tap into that courage every, every day every other day um, you know if I'm dulling myself if I'm not hitting my potential I kindly and compassionately 
check in with myself and I am I'm proud of that because this wouldn't have happened a few years ago I would have probably just gone out and got pissed <laughs> and you're holding yourself to your own standard I am absolutely holding myself accountable and it means drawing boundaries where I would have previously drawn boundaries it is telling people to step up or step aside like I read about it is yeah. reminding myself that I've got a voice because I've shown so many people that I do so I have to yes <laughs> what are you most confident about I can honestly say I'm confident in my writing. Cool. I love it. And it is probably, and actually also that I'm a good yoga teacher. And like we said, good yoga teacher, it's, everyone's a good teacher. We all teach each other things, right? Yeah. But I'm confident in everything that I'm doing for the, probably one of the first times in my life, actually. And I think that's why I like, I love my life so much. So yeah, I'm confident in my ability as a writer and a yoga teacher. And hopefully just a nice human being. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. What are you most excited for? I am excited for lots of little things. I'm excited for book number two. I'm excited for summer on the beach. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm very excited for summer. I've got a few exciting things lined up that I can't talk about yet unfortunately sorry to tease but um, uh, yeah and I'm excited for the future and I think having been quite an anxious person before who's terrified of the future and I need to know what happens I think that is a personal breakthrough of mine so I'm very happy about that awesome I've got a favourite to ask yes can you read me some of your favourite yes I would love to parts of anatomy can I read my favourite one let me find you it. I can't even find it. <laughs> you mentioned before that you do have a favourite one, and I, I wasn't sure if you would. Yes, it's um, when I can find it, I've completely forgotten my pagination. All right, you ready? Ready. I am not here to tiptoe and whisper sweet nothings. I am here to create thunder with my lungs, waves with my body, fire with my words lightning with my heart i will not be silenced for your comfort i was not put on this earth to impress you i am here to be heard thank you very much that was incredible thank you how can people buy that find you all that kind of stuff they can find me on Instagram. I am at Franks Martin. They can buy my book. If you're in Australia or New Zealand, it's on www.franksmartin.com. If you're in the UK listening or America, um, I'm on amazon.co.uk or amazon.com. Awesome. And actually in Europe as well, if anyone's in Italy or Spain. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me your time. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. Probably won't.